0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. will praise the Lord. Uh, I'm going to begin in the Proverbs 28 tonight. Proverbs 28, is as, as you're turning there, I'm going to give you more one more quick thing before we really, really dig into the Word here tonight. I've said this the last couple of weeks, and just in times of prayer, I realize the significance of some of the elections that will take place on Tuesday. So what we've done here is we've given you a voter guide. Now, I'm not telling anybody how to vote, okay? That's not my job to do it. You can look at these, you can pray about them, but on these right here, it will tell you about every candidate. And the first one on here, it lists all of them and it says this. He's liberal or she's liberal somewhat liberal, moderate, conservative, very liberal. It'll tell you. And so I encourage you to look at this. And if you haven't voted, take this with you to the poll. Just walk right in there with it. Will they say anything? Well, I'll tell you this. They didn't say a word to me the other day, and I voted. I've been there and done it. So get out and do that. I, this, this is very critical. Now, we need to believe, God, that godly people are going to be elected. It's people that are full of godly character and godly integrity. So, don't don't vote for the things that are pleasing to your flesh. Vote vote on character and morals. Okay, not thus saith Pastor. I'm just just trying to help us here. All right, Proverbs twenty eight is where I want to begin, and this this is just going to kind of recap last week here just briefly because we talked last week that when I walk in unforgiveness it becomes a hindrance to me. That God said there in Mark 11, 25 and 26, He said, if you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. Listen to Proverbs 28, verse number 9. Proverbs 28, verse 9 says, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, one who turns his ear away from hearing the word, Listen to this. Even his prayer is an abomination. In other words, when I quit obeying the word of God, but I go and continually pray and I ask God for, to do things in my life, those prayers have become detestable to God. You know why? You're not doing his word. So one of the things is that when God asked me and you to forgive others that have wronged us, and, and I know I have unforgiveness in my heart, but I've chosen not to forgive them. This is exactly what this is talking about. Does God love people? Yeah, God loves people, but He understands that unforgiveness will be a hindrance toward every one of us. doesn't matter who you are. So I just want to throw that in there where we get a hold of that. Now go back to your right, way back to your right, to the book of Hosea. When you say, where is Hosea? Go to the book of Daniel, and it's right after Daniel. It'll be kind of, you know, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel, kind of in that order. And you'll hit Hosea, Hosea chapter 4. And what we're going to talk about tonight is other areas that can cause hindrances in our life. Every one of of us in this room, we've had people that have made promises to us. People that said, I'm going to do this for you, and I'm going to do that for you. And then they break those promises. And when they break those promises, it causes great disappointment in our lives. And so what happens to us as human beings, it's very hard for us to have expectations of anything. So we take on, even toward Father God, a watch and see attitude. Understand this tonight, and this will be a hindrance, that I've got to learn to trust Father God. And that's what I want to show you tonight, that we can trust Father God. Now, when Father God says, this is what I'm going to do, he won't disappoint. Hosea chapter 4, verse number 6. My people, believers, Christians, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge would be that I do not understand the word of God. In other words, I'm ignorant to the word of God. He said, my people will be destroyed because they just don't know what's in my word, what I want for them to have. It's like the Lord has given us an inheritance, but if we don't know what the inheritance is, and we don't know how to obtain that inheritance, then it never does me any good. That's the first point that he talks about. The second one is, look here. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. So what would reject the knowledge mean? It would mean, I hear the word of God, but I choose to say, I'm not going to do it. Is that possible? Yeah. It's possible for every one of us. We can hear the word of God and say, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not good. And, And look how he ends this last thing. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Now, why would he say that? Because ultimately what happens... If, if God is not modeled before our children, they won't serve God usually. And so he's warning me and you here, even as grown-ups and parents, the day comes where I must heed the Word of God. I must gain knowledge of the Word of God, and I must begin to do the Word of God. And guess what will happen? Your children are monkey see, monkey do. When they start seeing you, honor the things of God, and you begin to instruct them and tell them, this is why we do this. They'll follow that. They'll begin to do that for every one of us. So it's important here for me and you to get the word of God. Understand this, that when we read this, that what you don't know can hurt you. If you don't know the word of God, it can hurt you. How's that? Well, you may be able to drive a car, but if you don't know the laws of driving a car, it can hurt you. How's that? Well, just after church, why don't you run a red light and see what happens? No, don't, don't do that. Go try to get on the, the loop and don't yield when it says yield and watch what happens. So that's the same with the Word of God. What I don't know can hurt me. But I've got to heed the Word. And when I begin to heed the Word of God, all of God's promises are going to happen. God is not a God that he should lie. Understand, God will do what he says he'll do. So we jump back into the New Testament. The book of Titus. Right after uh, Timothy, you'll hit Titus. And if you've gone to Hebrews, you've gone too far. Now, I'm going to be in the back of the New Testament the rest of the night. And we'll go from Titus, chapter number 1, and we'll keep moving that way. And we're going to hit a bunch of different scriptures just so tonight you can leave here understanding that I don't want a hindrance in my life wondering, hoping, will God do what He'll say He will do. He will, but I want you to see this biblically. Titus chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a bondservant or a slave of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And what he's talking about here, this is a man that was committed to the Lord. According to the faith of God's elect according to the faith of God's collect. What's that saying there right there? Is to become an elect of God, you have a confession or a proclamation of faith. Do you know what that saying is? Lord Jesus, I receive you as Lord of my life, and by making that prayer, I have become God's elect. You become God's elect. After that, and according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledgement of the truth, and the acknowledgement of the Word of God. And when I acknowledge the Word of God, there's going to come knowledge, and he ends in verse 1, he says, which accords with godliness. And so what he's talking about, that when I make faith confession, and I begin to gain knowledge of the Word of God, my life is going to start revealing godliness. That's what's going to happen. In other words, the longer I serve God, I become more and more mature as a Christian. How does that look like? Well, when you get born again, Jesus loves you just how you are. He says, just come as you are. And so most of us in this room, when we come to Jesus, we got some sin issues. We got some problems. Pastor, you had a lot of problems. But because of my faith confession, and I trust in the Lord Jesus, and I stay with the Word of God The Word of God begins to shape my life. And after a year or two, you begin to see some changes in your life, or at least you should. If you don't, you're not hanging on to the Word of God. You're not asking the Holy Spirit to help you. And after five years, you can look back. And after ten years, and after twenty years, you look back and you think, man, God has done a work in me. How many have seen that in their life? Almost every one of us. So this is what he's talking about. And this is how I acknowledge the word of God. I begin to receive it and I welcome it. Now, verse number two. In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie. So my hope of eternal life is based on a God who cannot lie. Now, when Paul wrote this, he was writing to a group of believers that were in a place called Crete. If you study the people of Crete, they were liars. They were big-time liars. They loved to lie. And so in this, he was telling them, listen, boys, even though you're a bunch of liars, God doesn't lie. God will not lie. And so the very foundation of the truth is God's character in this, that God cannot lie i gotta get that in me god cannot he will not lie turn just a little bit to your right to to hebrews chapter number six god's nature is absent of falsehood i can stand on god's word and i can stand on god's promises because you know what he's not gonna lie period And what happens as human beings, we have a hard time believing that because we're used to people breaking our heart or disappointing us. God's not going to do that. Get that in your heart tonight, that God will not lie. Hebrews 6. Let's begin in verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. And you know what God's saying right there that that, that verse? There's no one greater than God. So God doesn't say, well, my uncle is going to take care of this. There's no one greater than God. So you know what God said? So I'll just swear by myself. In other words, you can go to the bank with this. Verse 14. Saying... Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. Now, remember back in verse 13, he said, For when God made a promise to Abraham. The promise that God made to Abraham was this right here. That I will bless you, and I will multiply you. This was a promise to God. Verse 15. And so, after he had patiently endured... He obtained the promise. You want to circle an interesting word in that verse? After. Not before. After he had patiently endured. Who patiently endured? Abraham. Just how long did Abraham patiently endure? 25 years. So are you telling me I'm going to have to endure for 25 years? No. But what if you do? So one of the hindrances to every one of us in this room is to patiently endure. That most of the time, we have this thought right here. We know more than Father God. Father God, I want it right now. Now, God, now, now. And it's if we're telling God, you don't know what I need, I know what I need. And so if I can ever get to the place in my life where, you know what, the part of patiently enduring is saying this, Father God, I trust you not only in what I'm praying for and asking you to do, but I'm praying and asking you for the perfect timing. See, God's clock doesn't beat to our clock. Think about this. Is, is a gun a bad thing? How could be. How could it, how could it be? Well, it would be stupid for me to give a child, a five-year-old, a gun. It wouldn't be real smart to give my nine-year-old grandson a gun. But I could look at my grandson and say, you know what? The day's going to come where I'm going to get you a gun. When? When, Poppy? When? When? When you're mature enough to handle it. See, that's exactly what Father God wants to do with us because He realizes this, and we buck, I buck, I don't like this thought at all, but there's times in our life that God knows some of the things me and you are asking for that if He gave them to us, we're not mature enough to handle it. And what normally happens to a person who's not mature enough to handle the things? He does a thing called backsliding, or he gets over into sin. And so right here, it said that this man named Abraham... He patiently endured and he said, you know what, Father God? You know the best time. And I'm going to let God be God. Keep reading. Verse 16. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them and an end of all dispute. So when a man, he swears by a greater, that's where he goes to another person. I swear by my mother. I swear. And so somebody greater, That's what man does, but remember, God didn't. God said, I swear by my own name. Verse number 17. Thus, God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability, and what does that mean? The unchangeable of his counsel, of his purpose, and confirmed or guaranteed it by an oath. So God here, He's made some promises to every one of us. And He keeps going on in verse 18 and He says that by two immutable or unchangeable things. What were the two immutable and unchangeable things? He gave a promise and He said, this is what I'm going to do. And then He gave an oath or a vow. And He said, the oath and the vow or the promises that I gave you were what? They were immutable or unchangeable. In which... It is impossible for God to lie. Impossible. So you know what this tells me? When God makes a promise, he doesn't cross his fingers. He doesn't bluff. So we can conclude this, that when God says he's going to do something, me and you can have a confidence that he's going to do it. He doesn't say one thing and mean another. He doesn't do that. Well, I know what God's Word says, but you never know what God's going to do. How many of us have ever said that? Probably every one of us in here said that. But God has promises, and His promises are found in His Word. Actually, John 1, 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so everything that Father God has ever said it's found in His Word. That's why the Word of God is so important to get into it, and that's why we started with Hosea chapter 4 and 6, that I've got to gain knowledge of the Word of God, and I begin to understand the Word, and i got to understand His promises, what they are. And when I begin to move in those areas, God is going to bless me. Now, turn just a little bit more to your right to 1 Peter chapter 1. And as you're turning there, I can't can't exalt my experiences over God's Word. Many times people will say, well, this is what happened in my life. See, my experiences don't change God's Word. My dreams don't change God's Word. My denomination doesn't change God's Word. My family doesn't change God's Word. Prophecies don't change God's Word. In other words, God says, this is it. Well, I know what the Word says, but i got to release those buts, okay? There are no buts with Father God. Find that Word of God and you stand on it and you live it and you breathe it. First Peter, chapter number 1, verse 22. Since you have purified your souls or cleansed from your sins, how? In obeying the truth. What does that verse really mean? Well, the way we get our sins purified is we obey the truth in the area of 1 John 1.9. The Lord said that if I will confess my sin, He's faithful and just not only to forgive me, to cleanse me. So all He's saying right there, the way that you get your sins cleansed and you become purified is you obey the truth. You obey the Word of God. Well, that's how the whole Bible works. The exact same way. He goes on to say, You obey the truth through the Spirit in sincere love or without hypocrisy. Love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed or perishable seed, but incorruptible or imperishable through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, what did it say about the Word of God? The Word of God lives and abides forever. So once again, I can go back, and it shouldn't be a hindrance into my life that I don't know what God's wanting. Yeah, you can read the Bible, and God will tell you what He wants. He'll tell you what His promises are. He'll tell you what you need to do. But i got to look real close at this, and when he's, he's reading there at the end of verse 23, if you'll look in my Bible, there's a comma. That verse really hadn't ended and he goes on and says in verse 24, because all flesh or all people is as grass and all the glory or beauty of the, of the man as the flower of the grass. And the grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Seasons pass. And the flowers fade, but what I found in Christ shall never pass away. And so, if you've had hindrances in your life where you begin to question the things of God, don't understand. When you read the Word of God, and you can sit there and say, Okay, Father God, I know this is your desire for me, this is your plan for me, this is your want for me. Turn a little farther. Go to the book of 1 John, right there to your right. See, what Peter was telling us there is, everything in this life, your possessions and your accomplishment, one day will fade away. But the Word of God, forever. The Word of God is eternal. That's why we need to put our trust in the Word of God. It's never going to change you know in Malachi chapter, chapter 3, verse 6, the Lord said, I don't change. I don't change. Now, I believe this is a hindrance to mankind just because the very fact that when people tell us they're going to do something and they break that promise, we begin to question, and it's very easy to question God. But I don't have to question God. 1 John, chapter number 5. Look at verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. You mean I can have a confidence in him? That's what he said. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will he hears us. So what was the key to us receiving? Well first of all he said here, God has to hear. What does God has to hear? He wants to hear us to ask, but how am I to ask? I'm to ask according to His will. What's His will? The Word. So it's very important that when I go to Father God and I ask Him, one of the best things that me and you can learn to do in our asking of Him, we incorporate the Word of God. We say this, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you today, that according to such and such scripture, and so because I've quoted back the very scripture to Father God, he hears and he understands. They're asking how? According to my will. He doesn't stop there, though. Then he jumps in verse 15 and says, If we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Now, when He talk about the word uh, know there, that means not only to believe it, but it's to have a confidence that when I know something, there's a confidence in asking. And He's telling me and you right here that we can have that knowing, we can have that confidence that I learned to align my prayers... With the Word of God. And when I align my prayers with the Word of God, there can become a knowing on the inside of me. When, Pastor, when? After we've patiently endured. See, as far as the when, I can't answer that. Number one, I'm not God. But number two, He's God. He knows the perfect time. And so, don't lose heart. Don't lose trust. Pray in confidence. You know, years ago, I I was needing a job. Man, we had believed God, and we had believed God, and we had stood on His word. And so there was a really, really good job that opened up, and man, I really wanted it. One position, and there was 300 people there for that test. There was a test. And so after a few days, they called me back, and they said, after this test, we've narrowed it down to five of you. And I was still one of them i tell you right now, because I had a confidence, I knew. I knew. I was standing, what scripture we were standing on? Well, because Psalm 512 says this, that God blesses his righteous, and the favor, his favor surrounds him like a shield. I said, Father God, I'm your righteous. I think you're blessing me, and your favor surrounds me like a shield. I desire that job. A couple days later, they call us in, and they've narrowed it down to two of us. It's me and the other one. I know it's my job. I go in on a Friday... And they look and they said, we give the job to you. It was the other guy. My heart sunk. I looked and I was like, God, you betrayed me. How did this happen? And I mean, I didn't even want to go home. I didn't want to go home and tell Shelly. I mean, we knew I'd got it. And so I walked in the door and she knew immediately by the expression on my face. And she said, right then. God's got something better for you. God's got something better. And I looked at her, and I'm telling we just began to pray, and we said, Father God, we put this in your hands. I don't understand it, but I know you're God, and I know you're here, and we prayed, and we believed you. Two weeks later, the same guy that told the other guy that he got the job, he called me back. So I go down there and he looked at me and he said, I couldn't tell you this two weeks ago. But he said, part of our company has been bought. And it's going to be split. And the guy that got the other job is going to stay here. But you're going to go to this job. And he said, actually, it's the better of the two. And I looked and I thought, he's crazy. This company is a really good company. It was the truth. God had blessed me and blessed me. and blessed. So what happened there? As long as I kept my heart right and just kept trusting God, but I patiently endured. And I'm telling you, my flesh doesn't like to patiently endure. My flesh says, now. Now, I want it now. But thank God. And so a lot of times what happens is because we don't patiently endure or we don't have the confidence that we think God's hurt us, we sabotage it, and we start saying things, I knew it wouldn't work. God didn't hear my prayers, and before long, we get mad at God, when in reality, God's saying, just hang in there, baby. Just hang in there. In other words, there's times I believe God's saying, I got your back if you shut up. You start cursing me, and you start doubting me. Have you ever done? Yeah, I've done that. And I've looked, man, I've had to repent and say, Father God, I'm sorry for what I've done. And so it goes back to this, that I begin to gain knowledge of the Word of God and I find out that I can come to God and I can pray to God that just the same promises that he made to Abraham 25 years later, he fulfilled them in his life and he'll fulfill them in yours and mine if we'll just patiently endure. Let me tell you one more story. This may help some of you. We think so many times in our life, we're ready and we're mature to handle things when we're not. But when you're in that season of your life, you have the thought, I can handle it. Guys, I go to Bible study and I get out of Bible school. And man, I I think, man, I'm ready to go. I've graduated from Bible school. Where's a church? Let me have a church. There was not one offer. And so it was very easy to start getting dejected in your heart. And so what, what we started doing, and I say we, me and Shelly, we just started serving God. We got involved and we served and we served. As I, I, I've drove buses. I've taught little guys. They, they didn't let me stay in the nursery very long. I didn't do very good in there. The babies came out with dirty diapers. I said, I, I, do, I don't do diapers. Out. But the youth, the, just everything. And so you go along in life, and even in my own life, I I remember in my 30s, I'm still not in the ministry. And there came a time in my life, I was like, man, God, you see what's going on here? I'm the next King David, and you're not using me. That was my thought. And I came to a place in my life where I said this. I said, Lord, if you have me serving in my brother's church the rest of my life, I'm going to be content." And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. A few years later, some things begin to happen. I did not start pastoring until I was 40 years old. 19 years of just patiently enduring. And I look back at it, and going through that, I thought, Father God, do you not see this? But now, as I look in the rearview mirror of life, If I would have been a pastor when I thought I was ready, I'd have got wiped out. People would have wanted to stone me. And God knows, and so many times in our life, we think, we know. listen, some of you just need to hang in there. Get content in your heart and say, Father God, I look at this as training ground, prepare me. Some of you in here right now, you you, you criticize your boss, and you're saying, I should be the boss. Be careful saying those things because the day will come when you, you're, you're going to reap that stuff. Just sit there and begin to say, okay, Father God, help me. Humble me. Teach me everything I can get. And God will begin to move. Patiently endure. He sees what's going on. But if you were put in that position right now, you would get wiped out. Stand up here. You know, anytime we have openings in the church, we'll have people that they want certain positions here. And I've gotten to the point in my life, I look at them and say, you, not, you may not say thank you to me today for not giving you this job, but I said, I promise you in three or four or five years, you'll tell me thank you. And I said, that's, that's, that's not a slap. But once again, I just trust the promises of God in every area of my life. And grab a hold of them and begin to speak his word over your life. Get your mouth in line with the word of God. That's one of the great keys. That's why I said incorporate the word of God in your prayer time. Begin to say what God says about you. Begin to call those things that be not as though they are. What does that mean? Well, just like Abraham, God called him the father of many nations At the time, he had zero kids. But God said that, and Abraham began to believe that promise, and that's what you got to begin to do. Quit saying things over your life that I can't. I'm sorry. I'll never amount to nothing. God doesn't hear my... Start saying, I thank you, Father God, you hear my prayers. I thank you, Father God, that I can do these things. I thank you, Father God, that I'm able because of you. Thank you. Just get your heart and your mind and your mouth in line with the Word of God and keep agreeing with it. And speak those things over your kids. Here's a good illustration. I'll end with this, maybe. I heard a guy not long ago at Walmart. He looked at his young boy and he said, You're nothing but a little liar. And I looked, and here's my thought Did the kid lie? Yeah, he did. It was evident he did. The daddy was mad. But the thing is, he told a lie, but he's not a liar. See, it's like me and you. We make bad choices, but just because I make a bad choice doesn't make me a bad person. But see, so many times in our life, what we've done is we've labeled people because of the things we've done, and many of you have labeled yourself that stuff. I'm a sorry mom, I'm a sorry dad. And before long, if you're not careful, you start believing those things. Start speaking the word of God. Doesn't change. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.